Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fort's Comic News, episode 325. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my co-host here, Mike. What's going on, Mike? Hey. Uh, and I don't know. A lot of painting for both of us last week or so. Yeah. For video Move people, on. I apologize. I am currently moving and trying to get this room up to shape. So I, I see nothing mess behind me. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with the room. I see like uh, Darth Vader about to slash you from behind and a pot like insane amounts of comics that makes me very jealous just in piles. Uh, yeah, it, it gives me Ajna because all I'm thinking about is like, uh, let's see. Actually, not as much. Like three of those piles need to be bagged and board. I was going to say bagged and board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you invite someone over to help you out and give them a beer and a pizza and be like, here you go. Let's well, bag it. Attached to this room is another room. Uh huh. And that's going to be like my, my like game room where my oh, big nice. TV is. Nice. And so once that's set up, it's going to be just like turn on curb and just bag and board like a machine yeah. for a night. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was like my, uh, sorry folks. We do have an interview today. Uh, Mike Dean will be on the show. We're going to talk about, uh, the grave brigade. It's on Kickstarter. Uh, well, I'm not sure if it'll still be on Kickstarter, but it check out Kickstarter Grave Brigade. Um, when I, I think it was my my like last summer off after college, mm-hmm. I had I had all my comics that I brought home to my mom's house, and that was my project because I had nothing to do that summer. I like laid them all out on my grandmother's like huge dining room table, and just. I I bagged and made sure everything was bagged and boarded. I alphabetically sorted everything. And then I I got the CLZ. I think I talked about it on the show a long time ago. The CLZ, the Comic Collectors app. Um, That's on my list too. Yeah, and it's like super cheap. If you're a comic collector, a record collector, music collector, video game collector, they have several different apps and different like programs. But the one I use is CLZ Comic Collector because it does a pull list. It checks pricing and it's just like you scan the barcode add it to your phone and it's like $15 a year something crazy cheap like that it's like oh wow, I didn't realize it's that cheap yeah it's like I don't know what two bucks not even two dollars a month it's like a dollar fifty a month or something like that so yeah super worth it yeah just I have how old am I uh, I have 20 years worth of comics to catalog so that'd be wow. fun yeah that's half the fun of doing this, isn't it? Yep, yep, yeah, it is, right? I think I'm at I'm at about almost two thousand comics, and that's from collecting through college, and then I slowed down after I graduated, went more digital, but I still buy issues here and there. Who knows, Chris? Now that I have a lot more space, oh, Mike's going physical again. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe I'll start slow because you know, there's like the going to get that new comic smell. Oh yeah. There's like the upside and downside to having a house, right? The upside, you have more space. The downside, I don't you have, have more space. <laughs> I don't have as much money to buy <laughs> as many comics as I was when I had the small apartment. But we'll see. We'll see, everybody. Yeah. I know you're all worried about my personal finances. Um, I know. Welcome to Boo Who We Own Houses. Yeah, right. Oh, I'm yeah. your host, Chris. <laughs> In a in a crumbling millennial generation <laughs> where no one can find a house. Two, Two middle-aged white males. <laughs> oh, fuck. Am I middle-aged now? <laughs> yeah, I think we are, Chris. I don't know. I think we're at the media. <laughs> Tell you what you're doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ladies. Do you want a middle-aged man who collects comics? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you are you still putting the comics in the game room or still going into the basement? Uh, yes, Mike, they Wait are. Wait a second. Hold on. So you own the house. You own the house, right? This is the this is the like I think just men feel naturally they have to go down into the cave. So you're still building the man cave, even though the whole house could be the man house. <laughs> it's in preparation for I when the lady comes and takes okay. over the rest of the house. Uh-huh. She can have it. I mean, you're just preparing that. yourself for the inevitable cause <laughs> that, like, you'll have to push all your comics and and Darth Vader's down into the basement at some point. <laughs> yeah, she'll have to keep my poster in the bathroom though because it's too epic. What is it, Asia? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope people get that reference. 
No, I have a poster that says definitely not a mimic, and it's a toilet with like teeth and the tongue oh coming my out God, like a that's mimic. A, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you had that. Yeah. That oh man. I did yeah, toilet mimics. That's a thing. Wow. Thank you for that nightmare. Nice. What the hell? Mine's not though. I've used it enough to know. Okay, you know. Unless it's unless it's playing the long con. <laughs> Do you think mimics would be more effective if they did that? You know what I mean? Like you're always you always go up to a chest in D and D, and you there's not a lot of news today, folks. Just saying, um, <laughs> some like you know when you loot a room in D and D, you're always, if you're a if you're a well traveled seasoned player, you're always approaching a uh, a chest as if it's a trap, whether it be a mimic, whether it be a poison trap. So you never want to open it from the front because we've all well, been there. <laughs> my favorite in my current group, not the group I'm in with you, my other group. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the person who does that is still fairly new to the game. Oh, so, you know, a party wants them to learn. So you're just like, learn the hard way. Stand back. Yeah. But it's really funny because, (laughs) you know, you you roll percentage to see if there's a trap. Oh yeah. And so he rolls it and you know, I got 13% and then the DM goes, you don't see anything. Yeah. Cool. And he opens it and (laughs) a dart hits him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. you got to beat your percentage, man. Right. Oh, that's, yeah. That's the misconception. It's like you roll something. It's like you don't hear or see anything. But that's not because nothing happened. It's because you suck. Yeah. <laughs> your ears are plugged. But you have something. to stay in characters to open up the um, yeah. the chest because you, you think that it's, it's safe. Right. Even Yeah. <laughs> or the favorite one is like where they just, oh, let me just smash the chest. Well, yeah. you smashed it and then you found all the belongings smashed to bits inside the chest. <laughs> it's like classic, classic shit. Anyways, mimics so, playing the long con. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be messed up. It's like you approach, you use, you use the latrine, the yield latrine in uh, the yield nether deep. Latrine. You go to the nether deep in, in water deep. You're at a local pub. Eat, and that's your favorite your favorite water hole and you use the latrine and then one day it just bites you in the ass <laughs> so friends of the show wayward raven mm, yeah did you back the anthology they did yes i believe that was it was like a uh, what a month ago or something it was a while ago a couple months yeah. ago the yeah. we suck at comics so you mm-hmm. haven't gotten it yet then i don't think so so mine came in the mail yesterday so uh-huh. expect it any day now dude it is huge. Really? I couldn't, like, I opened it because I got it. I'm like, what is this? Like, I didn't order anything like this. Mm-hmm. Of course, I sit it all the time. And I open it up. I'm like, oh, look, I ordered, yeah. Because on my Mimic toilet, I go on Amazon. Uh, of but, course. Uh, <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> but yeah, I opened it. I'm like, this, I couldn't believe how thick it was. It's That's like, awesome. I've gotten, like, you know, the Astro City, compl- uh, epic collections or whatever they're calling them yeah and a couple are, they have like 13 14 issues in them mm-hmm. and it's thicker than that wow so yeah if anybody backed that campaign those dudes did well because i don't think it was a very expensive campaign either and that's they put awesome. a lot of comic in there that's awesome love those wayward raven guys yeah good dudes. shout out shout out to those dudes um i i did watch some secret evasion chris oh yeah yeah you did. i I watched the first couple episodes. I didn't realize how long they were. The first one was like 50 minutes. Yeah, they're um, like mini movies. Yeah, they are. And they're uh, the quality of them is great. Uh, I mean, spoilers for episode one. I mean, we're on episode three now. So if you haven't seen it, Maria Hill dies. I, and I totally called that shit when we were watching the episode because she was like, gave some speech about, well, you know, Fury, you don't know who's going to die in the process. I'm like, she's fucking dead. She's so dead. Why, why would you have her character say that? You know what I mean? It still like, gutted me, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Maria Hill, man. I, know. I love and, that actress. And especially to see like her her like last her last like uh, thing she sees is Fury shooting her. That's fucked up. Now, do you see what I mean when I said like Sam uh, Jackson can still fucking act? Because oh, yeah, he's so that good. scene was awesome. You're going to you're. I, I don't know if it's happened yet or maybe it has in like episode three The like Nick Fury can only take so much and, and like they reference him breaking down like like he was never the same after the snap. Right. Or whatever. Ever, when he comes back, we've never seen him like broke down like this dude can only take so much to where like he's going to he's going to have to snap himself. Like, I mean, I get that he's Nick Fury and like, oh, it's a superpower to be a tough guy. But like 
this dude is like been through the ringer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, episode three. So you only watched episode one? One and two. I think we're almost done with two. I, I don't know if we finished it. Okay. So I'll, I'll just say episode three is really good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of like betrayal and uh-huh. people switching sides and you know, all that, you know, typical political thriller stuff. Of course. But the way it ends, man, mm-hmm. is exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah, it is coming. Uh, it doesn't happen in this episode, but I just right. like what happens in the end. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Is, yeah. Something bad's about to happen to Nick and it's not yeah. going to be pretty. So, yeah. it, the, dude, I love this show. I it's think it's really one of the good. best things Marvel's done in the new, like the, what are they calling it? The multiverse phase. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's. But I mean, we're only three episodes in, so it could go downhill. But so far, it's like the best thing so that I've seen. And I think I've seen everything in the multiverse phase. Dude, was that a Maria Hill dying joke? It's all downhill. It's fucked up. I mean, I go for the dark humor. <laughs> uh, that was completely on accident, but I'm proud yeah. of myself for doing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm proud of you too. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it, dude, that show's so good. Uh, I can't believe it. I, I haven't finished episode two yet, but... Um, Oh man, I can't think of her name, but the uh, Mother of Dragons actress. Um, yep. When she sees those like scientists working on a portal thing, I'm assuming that's a multiverse portal. So that was the thing I referred to last week that I'm pretty sure is an FF. Um, you think it's the negative zone? No, I because they say in there that they're working on a way to enhance scrolls. Oh, you I think, think it's, it's them making Super Scroll. Okay, interesting. I don't. I mean, it's obviously not going to be the same as the yeah. FF Super Scroll because we haven't introduced the FF. So why would you? You know, you can't do that. Yeah, but I think at some point in this, and probably in episode six, we're going to hear the word Super Scroll. I think that like I so a part of me is almost like oh I thought that was a portal, but then like that would be this would be a good opening for like a multiverse. Or like to introduce another Earth like six one six and be like, um, the scrolls can't use this Earth, but they started researching other Earths on other universes. It that's how be. I want to see the the show end. Like that's how they like because I'm trying to think how can they solve this issue where we don't want a whole species on our Earth, but they also we promised them an Earth, so we should give them one. Oh, we just find one in another world, right? I kind of like your idea that it's the, the negative zone because that'd be a cool way to kind of tie in the FF yeah. as well. Yep. And do that as the origin that the FF get their powers through the negative zone. Wait, you don't like the solar radiation? <laughs> I mean, solar, it's fine. If they do that, yeah. it's whatever. Yeah. I always just prefer the, the negative zone because yeah. then it gives them more of a connection to it and then right. it makes more sense for a nihilist to be coming after them and everything. And then they could be like, oh, we breached the negative zone, which is the space between our Earth and this Ultimate's Earth or some shit. I mean, come on, Feige. Like, let's do it. And also, Feige, if we get the negative zone and you give me a Nihilus. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, because I did. I mean, they plastered his name. on. He's still he's still running things. His name is right up front for this show. So, yeah. So, yeah. Show's good. Everybody go watch it. It's it, even it's if you're stuff. not. And would you agree with me? You don't really need to be up with no. Marvel to watch it. No, because they do a lot of stuff. There's a lot of plot exposition. That's why the first episode's like almost an hour because they're like, they're like Fury. When did you come back? He's like, Nah, it doesn't matter. I was on a spaceship and had a breakdown, but now we're fine. Why don't you go <laughs> the can't... Avengers? Uh, yeah. You know, the Avengers uh, didn't worry about this. We yeah, can... there's a lot of like hand waving of like, where were you? It doesn't matter. I'm here now. I was on a spaceship. Not on a spaceship. I was. What did you do when you were snapped? That doesn't matter. I was gone. Now I'm here. So, yeah. Yeah. Good I think stuff. I, like, I think the idea is that after the Iron Man funeral, he took off and just that's how he dealt with it. He like isolated himself. So. Yeah. I mean, the thing he worked so hard on the Avengers uh, project. Yeah. And it did what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then uh, everybody kind of went their own because there's not really any there's a few surviving members but like the core of that team is dead now or moved on yeah and you know i could see that i that think and being blipped away for five years kind of messing with a man there, yeah that too do you think i mean so do you think there's like there's like two oh shit moments i think could come out of this show first one being if we talk about negative zone or like 
another earth. Um, second one being if like, like Fury um, assembles like a small Avengers team. Cause obviously he can't do this on his own, mm-hmm. but like if he calls up like secret Avengers secret. Oh yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So like, we're going to see war machine. I mean, we got Don Cheadle in the show already. So war machine's got to pop off. Yeah, you do White Widow. You do. Um, you bring Hawkeye in. Do you think Florence Pugh's in this? Damn. Oh, I'm not saying in this, but yeah. like it could lead into a that movie. Yeah, that's that's how it wraps up, though. Like, bam, you do a shot of all of them in their costumes, and then like oh. Secret Avengers. I mean, this is why it happened in the comics. The real reason, because Avengers made money. Yeah, right. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like, now we have the Dark Avengers. Now we have the Young yeah. Avengers. Now yeah. you know. So. It works the same way in the movies. I mean, Avengers yeah. make money, so now we have the secret Avengers, and then they, you know, Thunderbolts, and and the, that'll probably end up being the Dark Avengers eventually. And then yep. you know, just which I'm sure. down for because I get it to money grab, but I love it. So <laughs> right, right, yeah, I can't wait. No, that's really good though. Like you said, I think it's I think it's like the best thing they made. Yeah, um, movie gives news. me another reason to look forward to Wednesday. Oh hell yeah, yeah, that's true. They put it on comic book day. Not for not for DC, though. Now it's a Tuesday, so they had to be weird. Fuck you, DC. It's Wednesday. Yeah. It's <laughs> always been Wednesday. I will. I love DC, but man, on that note, come on, guys. Um, WB Japan and WIT Studios announced at Anime Expo 2023 that WIT Studios is creating a Suicide Squad anime movie. The movie centers around Amanda Waller, surprise, Joker, and Harley Quinn. Surprise, surprise. As the main characters, as shown in the teaser trailer, they clash with fantasy characters like dragons. The studio is probably best known for its work on the first three seasons of Attack on Titan. That's pretty freaking hype, dude. Yeah. I mean, it kind of sucks. It has to be Joker and Harley, but I get it. Yeah. They did say Task Force X a lot in like the, the press release. So my mm-hmm. hopes is that while we center around those two, we'll still get like Deadshot or, you know, some other characters. Oh, yeah, for sure. We got to get some cool ones. Yeah, but I'm down. I mean, I don't talk about it a lot, but those I've watched the first two seasons of Attack on Titan. That's some good fucking anime. Right oh, yeah, there, I'm man. caught up in the last the last like season four part two. There's like they've split up the end kind of weirdly where you get like a. Oh, so you haven't watched season three? No, I've been behind. Oh, I won't say anything. But yeah, it gets crazy. Like, especially season three, season four. It's like, what the hell am I even watching? But yeah, I love those first two seasons. So yeah. it's not that a lack of love that's keeping me away from no, it's yeah. a lack of like time and access. Yeah. But And it's brutal, too. So it's, it's good shit. And the, the teaser was fine. Like, it looked yeah. good. It looked in that style. I think my only complaint. And I know Attack on Titan does this, so I'm sure it'll work out. Is like I'm still just kind of old school, and I don't like that CG hand drawn mix. Yeah, but everybody's yeah, doing it. I'm the old man in the room. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not a huge. I mean, Batman the animated series is the way to go. Yeah, and I I've tried a few anime that way and haven't gotten into it. So we'll see. But I yeah, I am super hyped for this at the end of the day because I like that both companies are trying to hit that Japanese market with these characters. I mean, yeah. And I think there's a great way to do it. So no, I think it's awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'll be there when it hits HBO max. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Max max. Sorry, everybody. We've had a few name changes in the past. Um, with the filming of Deadpool three, this is weird, man. I well, well okay. Let me finish this. We'll talk about it. With the filming of Deadpool three coming to a close. We're getting news and rumors for what characters we might expect in the film. Because we already know Wolverine is coming back. Sources have claimed that Jennifer Garner will be in the film as Elektra. For the first time, we've seen Garner in the role since 2005's Elektra movie. Holy shit. Also rumored is Ben Affleck returning as Daredevil and Channing Tatum as Gambit. Okay, so here let me let me break this down. If we, this year alone, didn't already have Nicolas Cage Superman appear in a movie, I would have told you this is batshit crazy and it would never happen. But that it that has happened this year. So uh, this is highly plausible. And if they show up just for Deadpool to chop their heads off or something, that would be great too. Like, 
the fan service of, oh, yeah, this shit sucks. Let me kill these characters. Quick aside. Yeah. Did you see the world's finest uh, variant cover with Nick Cage? Yeah. Amazing. With yeah. him as Superman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But on this, I I agree with you. It's a little nuts, but I, I'm going to be the Deadpool defender here. I think these are the perfect cameos for the Deadpool 3 multiverse right. movie. Yeah, characters that don't matter. <laughs> well, and it's like everybody's wanted, especially Ben Affleck Daredevil. Everybody's yeah. wanted that. Like, yeah. it's been discussed, but what everybody forgets is like, we all hated that movie. Oh, yeah, it's bad. You all did. I did. I still do. But, and I think he deserves a, a retread. But... This is the best way to do it because we can make fun of it at the same time. As long as Ben and um, Gardner have a sense of humor about this. And I would say the same about the, the Fantastic Four movies with Chris Evans and, and crew. Oh, shit, like if yeah. they could do those two and they all have a sense of humor about it. Bring them in. We can have a quick laugh about it. Kind of make fun of it and move on. And then they get their cameo. They get to be a part of all this. The celebration all that. I, I love this idea. This I actually got awesome. me hyped for this movie. Yeah. Just it to is, see these it, scenes. Especially if it's Deadpool, like killing the Marvel universe. You know what I mean? Like going through and killing off multiverse heroes and shit. I mean, this would be awesome to see. Like the, and like you said, these are the perfect characters to work with and all the original X-Men characters from all the other movies, like bring some of them in that aren't around anymore that don't matter. Um, I was yeah. kind of thinking about this and I, I this is what I hope this movie is. I hope this is a road trip movie uh-huh. where Deadpool is trying to make it to the MCU. Oh, like he's awesome. universe hopping to get to the MCU with Wolverine. And yeah, it just happens to run into Wolverine a lot. And then like just plops into the middle of Daredevil for a scene. Yeah. And then like runs into the what was supposed to be the Shannon Tatum movie uh, yeah. Gambit movie for a scene. That's why, like, I think the Fantastic Four one would be fun too if he just popped into that. Right. And then, yeah, and he brings along his pal Daredevil, who, or I'm sorry, uh, Wolverine, who I don't know. We got to find a way for him not to make it because we need a new Wolverine, right? Um, because I don't think Hugh Jackman's going to do it. Not because I don't think he would be great. That's kind of what I'm hoping this movie is, and if it is. And with these cameos, like I, dude, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I'm a little hyped for it. Oh, did you hear that, folks? Chris just said he's hyped for a Daredevil or a so, Deadpool movie. We'll see, because okay. I, we'll see, because that has that has the opportunity to be fun. Yeah, <laughs> for me. Yeah, and I think if you're getting if you're getting Ben Affleck to put the suit on, regardless, the amount of money he wants you're only going to have him for like a minute or two. You know, yeah. there's, there's no way they get him for like a full 10 minutes, 15 minutes in that daredevil costume. It needs, it needs to be as simple as like he pops in yeah. and then it's daredevil Electra. And he just goes, Nope, not this one. And pops to another universe. Yeah. Like, right. That could be as simple as it is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I will be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how we feel too. Um, yeah. Because we know Ben Affleck said the reason he did that was because that he thought that was as close as he'd ever be to becoming Batman on TV or yeah. live action. Yeah. So. Yeah, because he always wanted to do Dark Knight Returns. Yep. And he almost got to. He almost got to. This close. But all right, everybody, we're going to jump to this interview with Mike Dean. We're going to talk about Grave Brigade, and uh, we'll see you all on the other side. All right, everybody, we've got another very special guest for you all. I want everyone to welcome to the show, Mike Dean. Welcome, Mike. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you being here, uh, especially your first time. Uh, I Grave Brigade, we're going to talk about that. I, I just read through it, really liked it. And um, it's honestly, it's uh, one of Chris's like, this is this is his book. So he's got to he's got to finish reading it after this. But uh, I really enjoyed it. It pacing and everything. So we'll chat about that. But it is your first time, Mike. So uh, we're doing the annoying thing of putting you through the gauntlet of telling us your origin story of, you know, what got you into comics, you know, creating your own comic. Where did that all start? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, thank you for reading the comic and yeah. just like taking the time to check it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have an older brother. Tim also has an older brother, um, big age gaps. So they both were introducing us to content beyond our age since we were like five or six. Mm-hmm. And um, comics was one of it for uh, for me. My brother, he definitely was the first person I knew that had comic books. And I remember going to uh, the comic book store with him and my dad one time as a kid. And I was like, I want my first comic. And I'm yeah. trying to get it. And my dad is like, eh, doesn't want to get me something like Wolverine that I'm asking for, probably knowing how bloody it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just thinking like, no, this is like lowbrow. Yeah. So he found me a uh, graphic novel of The Hobbit. And oh, nice. that was my like wow. first comic gifted to me or bought for me. And then um, from there, I just like would read through my brother's comics and I'd get a sense of like the pictures. And then in college... Uh, I went to film school, so Tim, and uh, we met there, and we started writing together probably, like, sophomore, junior year, and, like, working on each other's short films. We were in, like, same classes, so a lot of times we were paired up anyway. And then uh, after college, we were doing, like, sketch comedy and web series type of stuff, and I was going to comic conventions because uh, I was working for Stan Lee's YouTube channel as a cameraman. Oh, what and, the hell? Uh, yeah, and it was and it was great, and I'd meet all awesome. these creators, and yeah. they do their interviews, and like you know, the biggest thing that all of them said was like, you don't wait for someone to ask you to do it; you just go and make a comic. And I was like, I came back to Tim with that, and I was like, I think we should try to make a comic. We both love them, and you know, we started thinking about like the budget and how like if we want to do anything with action or like something that would require like CGI or anything like that. We're really limited in what we as independent filmmakers can do. But in a comic book, like your limit is only the page rate. So you can have explosions, you can have space battles, you can do all this like cool stuff. Yeah. So it kind of became like, then we were just waiting for the right project. And uh, we started with Superbud, which was like a action comedy, kind of parodying superhero stories. And then shortly after we started that, we started working on Grave Brigade because we wanted to have something that was like different. We didn't want to go like comedy again. We wanted to find something that'd be like stark difference. Mm-hmm. And let's chat about uh, Superbud. Was that your first Kickstarter, right? Yeah, okay. we uh, did the first issue on our own. And then the second issue we kickstarted. Um so we already had the benefit of like having one issue out, which, mm-hmm. you know, not a lot of people had had access to, but it helped that like, as soon as people pledged to issue two, we you would send them one. issue one. That's cool. Like yeah. digital. So like you got a, an initial like, oh, okay, these guys are not just like uh, going to take my money and run when they're making like a pothead yeah. comic. Of right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. Real quick to rewind, uh, you mentioned Tim. Who's Tim? Tim is the co-writer, co-creator of uh, Grave Brigade and Superbud. Okay. Um, Tim Radecki. Yep. That would give him a name drop. You can make it today, but yeah. Well, just for you know, listeners out there who yeah. don't know who Tim, who been emailing yeah. back and forth with Tim for weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, how does how does that process work with both of you guys writing together? Do you like bounce ideas off each other? Do you kind of do your own scenes and put them together? Or? Yeah, we, <clears throat> so we usually go in drafts. Um, we, we bounce ideas off of each other for a while. And usually then we like do an outline either together or separately just to kind of like figure out what needs to be in it. And then we just take turns doing drafts. So one of us will do the initial draft, then the next person it's on them to get it back with like whatever changes they want to make. We always like save the old versions so that we can come back to something if the new one doesn't work. But that kind of like helps us to just refine it because usually we're editing something that already like is there. And so we're, we're just kind of like shifting and making some changes and then whatever stays was clearly good enough to make it into the next draft and whatever wasn't, you know, you think it's more beneficial to write with somebody 
as like having a partner right with? Do you think that kind of elevates it? For me, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I find, I mean, I like to write solo still. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I do like do that as well. And so is Tim. But those are more fun in like short form, like mm-hmm. short stories, Ashcan comics, short films. Um, and like I work um, in film as like my day job. So like a lot of times I'll get to work on like a music video or a commercial and that mm-hmm. becomes like short form storytelling. Okay. So I'm comfortable there. But when it comes to something where it's like a, you know, a large story arc, it's so beneficial to have somebody who kind of like grounds you and brings you back to, to like what you need to know and just sort of like refine it together. Cause like Mm -hmm. sometimes if I'm doing a story by myself, part of the process is not knowing what it's about yet, you know, and I'm kind of discovering it as I write. But when you work with a collaborator, you talk about a lot of those ideas up front mm-hmm. and you sort of like then have like more of like a, a blueprint when you do go and write on your own because you're like, Oh, I already talked about this. I yeah, already know that right. like the characters need to feel like this or the setting needs to like work in this way. And it's, it makes for less, uh, less editing on the back end. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That makes sense to me as far as the creative process. Do you ever feel in that process that like, it, do you ever, does it feel like a 50, 50 split all the time? Or do you ever feel like maybe one book is more you and less Tim and, and vice versa for another book? I think that's how it always starts is the idea always starts as like predominantly one person over another like super bad, I came to Tim with that idea. So I had a lot of strong opinions right out of the gate about like what it needed to be and how it needed to function. And, you know, then Tim, like I have to essentially sell him on the idea. And it's not like, you know, I can't work on it if he doesn't want to, but if we're going to work on something together, we usually have to have like an initial pitch. And then as it goes on, the more we refine it, the more work goes into the picking an artist for it, picking a letterer, picking a colorist. Then it becomes more 50-50 as the story goes on or as the project goes on. Or like working on the Kickstarter and having to divvy up the duties of like how to get the campaign ready or reach out to podcasts or things like that. Mm-hmm. Then you see more of like ownership, you know, become more of like 50-50. And like Grave Brigade was Tim's idea. So he came to me with it. And like, I'm sure initially he had like a stronger grasp and like a clearer vision of what it was supposed to be. But then like at this point, I feel like we're usually like finishing each other's thoughts. Like if one of us starts talking about a note or an idea, like we've been working on issue five script recently and we both knew something wasn't working. And then like, I just did a round of notes and we discussed it on the phone and like one or two things. It was like, before I'm even done saying the note, Tim knows where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Oh, I see what you, yeah, that totally works. Let's do that. Right. Right. That's cool. I, sorry. I was laughing myself because I thought about this. Has there ever been a moment where like you two are like, you said grave brigade is more Tim's was Tim's initial idea. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment during that 50, 50 split where you're like, you're picking an artist and, it doesn't have to be just this book, but just at any point where Tim's like, this artist is perfect. And you're just sitting there going, eh, I, I don't know. I think we should go with somebody else. And it, it caused like a rift at all. No, I mean, that's a great question. And I feel like, um, I run into that more with film stuff, but oh, okay. with, with grave brigade or super bud or any other projects we've talked about, part of the process is like talking about the style or the like mood it's got to have. And then usually it's not like either of us falls in love with one artist. We usually look up like Tim's really good at researching this stuff. He creates like whole spreadsheets of like artists that are like what their price range is, what their, you know, background is. And then we'll go through that and we both come up with like a top five. And hopefully we both have, more than one artist in our same top five. And then that kind of makes it easier for us to like sort of be aligned. Mm -hmm. Cool. 
Yeah, because I would I would think that I mean I've never written anything, but um like you have a vision of when you're writing. I mean, both of you have separately like when you're animating or illustrating something in your own mind while writing it, right? So you must have like a like how a character should be designed or a monster should look. But um I guess with Grave Brigade it's pretty it's pretty straightforward because you're 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 working mostly with like monster movie classic monster villains, right? For for the most part and and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of how we were trying to come up with the look for Grave Brigade was um, the soldiers, yeah. and we both kind of were like, "Yeah, we want this to have." Sorry, excuse me. You're good. Um, we both wanted to have uh, like hard jaw lines, yeah, boxier right. shapes. Like we yep. were kind of thinking about things like the '90s animated Batman series, and mm-hmm. like yep. you know that kind of became a little bit of like a uh, compass for us. And then we initially didn't want to do colors. We were going to keep it black and white. Um, And then when we decide, we kind of talked about more, we're like, well, even though we want to have this throwback black and white look, colors just enrich the page so much. So we, we took an attempt at it and then we were like, let's just mute the colors. We'll, you know, we'll wash it out a little bit. It won't be like super bud where it's like these bright, you know, greens and oranges and stuff like that. And we found like a nice happy medium. And we use actually the same colorist who did super bud for oh, us. Cool. Um, so he also was like stepping out of his comfort zone a little bit on this, but you know, he was really, he was really good at taking notes and feedback and he was willing to like really refine it with us to find like the right, you know, color palette. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I do like it's like the black, white, and red almost. But I used to have yellow and stuff in there. But like you said, washed out. I think it came out nicely. Yeah, it has the feel and look of a, a war movie, which mm-hmm. yeah, I'm assuming is yeah. what you were going for. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, I mean, we haven't really talked about the plot. So just give us the the quick plot synopsis. Um, what is What is the Grave Brigade? So... <clears throat> The Grave Brigade is essentially the Allied Forces response to the Nazis using black science and the occult to create these monsters to help win the war. And so they pick Graves to lead it because, as you see in the first two pages, he has he's the only survivor of his platoon and he runs into the Grim Reaper on the battlefield. And as you'll see later in the story, he, he held that story and he like, didn't like make up anything. And so they're kind of thinking he's like crazy. And then they, they're putting together this team and they're like, this is the guy. <laughs> yeah. So the, then he gets paired with all of these like kind of washouts, killers, people who are like also mentally unfit for, for battle or like, are criminals and he kind of takes them as this like suicide squad type of yep. group. Yep. And first issue is all about them encountering a werewolf in the black forest. And I, I'm going to say this because I, I'm a huge uh, fan of like, like a cult and monster comics and stuff like this. And I don't know if you had read it, but the Sergeant rock versus the army of the dead book that came out this year. I want everyone to yeah. know this is, this is a better version of that book personally, just oh, be- that's because high praise. Like, Thank you. High praise. Like, that's high praise because okay. Bruce Campbell, he's probably pissed about this, but um, the one thing that was missing from the Sergeant rock book. And cause I was like six issues and what you're doing here is I got six issues of, of, uh, you know, soldiers fighting Nazis, fighting Nazi zombies, monsters, where you actually identified who each army person is in the squad. Like the first issue, you're okay. You have the wind talker, you have uh, the explosives expert and things like that. And you, you put not only a personality, but a specific job where it's like, I think in, in that book, it was almost every issue was just like, okay, we got this group and we're going to throw this group at these people. Next issue, throw these group at these people. Okay, they won. Mm-hmm. Or it's like you 
it would make sense. You're dealing with the undead. Okay, you have a wind talker that speaks to the spirits, and that it was awesome. Where you're just like werewolf, and I, I I thought that scene was really cool. The wind talker is probably my favorite character, um, even though you don't see nice. that much of him. But uh, that's that's what I really liked about the issue because, and, and while I talked, I talked to you a little bit about how it read quickly. That's not a bad thing because there's still content there, right? And you can talk about, I, I think it's probably a good idea to talk about like those, that separate team that you built, if you, if you want to elaborate a little bit there, but. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. That is yeah. really high praise. Um, yeah. I mean, that was something that came out a lot more with each draft and we, Tim was very like adamant from the get go that he wanted each of the, the members to have like a specialization but like what they specialized in or what their character, like, you know, uh, quirks are, those all got refined as we went. Because one thing that Tim and I tend to, to always remind ourselves is if something's not working, like we don't have to force it. The answer will come as we keep going through the process. And then all of a sudden something clicks into place and it's like, oh, it was always going to be that. We just didn't know it yet because it was covered by all this other shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, well, yeah, we, I, I read through the first issue. Um, obviously, I mean, it leaves, it leaves on a cliffhanger where you could, we could do a second issue. Uh, I don't know if you want to tease. I mean, the first, yeah. issues, the first issue is about a werewolf. I don't know if you want to talk about where the second issue is going to go after that. Cause that got me pretty excited. Vampires, so, uh, vampires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not yet. So, maybe. <clears throat> The big thing for us was um, we wanted to not drag out one one monster or one story for like six issues or a trade back because, you know, something we learned with Superbud was like, if we tell the story that slow, we're going to lose people over the, the time it takes to get all these out. Yep. So we wanted each story to function like a Saturday morning cartoon, you know, like something just like quick and digestible that you can like walk away from and not be like, well, I don't know what's going to happen next. Or I, I can't know if it's a good story if I don't know what happened next. But um, the second issue picks up with them in a new country and Transylvania. You, I, I'll say this. <laughs> Vampires are on the radar, but I don't want to get your hopes up. It won't be in the first few issues, but uh, definitely on the radar. That's, that's something that we uh, definitely want to give some special time to in the future, but I'll give, I'll give you on the radar. I'll give, I'll give it to you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I would say um, if you were thinking about like what the next one's going to be, it's more in line with um, less of the universal monsters and more of like a William Fridkin, exorcist awesome i like that that's cool that is cool yeah that's a cool approach of like mixing the two inner interchangeable and there's there's a name drop in the first issue too of frankenstein i don't know that that got me pretty hyped too yeah that also will that's kind of the through line of yeah. the uh, first graphic novel or the first trade back rather is mm -hmm. is where that story is building to and they cool. kind of piece more of that together over the next few issues. Awesome. So oh, it's got yeah. me excited. Yeah. Hitler building the Frankenstein. You don't have to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense, right? Come on. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm super excited for it. The first issue is great. And I, I like, uh, we could talk about the, the rewards you have on Kickstarter. Cause as, as of this episode, everybody, there's one day left on Kickstarter. So just pause this and go check it out. Uh, the the variant I always love that I, I see more and more of this and I love that the classic horror variant is is my yeah. style. Um but yeah you can talk about the the options you have for covers and stuff. Yeah so uh Tim found a couple of really good variant artists for this and one of them is uh Slick Satan and he does the throwback horror one that looks like uh Tales from the Crypt or yep. you know mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and then he found this other one, uh, this other illustrator, uh, Bugra, who um, 
he does these like amazing like pinup style black and whites mm-hmm. of monsters and and other characters and we got him to do uh the black and white monster movie edition variant mm-hmm. which we're also going to put out as a hardcover and nice. it's going to be all black and white grayscale interior so it'll feel like you are watching something from like the 1950s or 1960s that's so cool I'm assuming that idea came from the originally originally wanting the book to be black and white. He, yes. Yeah. That kind was, of met in between on that one. Yeah. We also, um, when we did Superbud, um, one of our rewards on the last Kickstarter was we did a special edition called uh, That Emerald Flower. And mm. it was an homage to That Yellow Bastard. So everything in the comic is grayscale mm-hmm. with the exception of the Superbud green. Okay. And we, we loved that. And we got like a great response to that. Like that was the thing most people wanted to get like our highest reward tier. And so we were like, we got to do something like that for this too. Let's do like this monster movie edition. It'll be all black and white. We're still kind of playing with the tone on it. We want to make sure it really has that. Like we might add in a few extra aspects to pull that off of the silver screen look. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, we're really excited to do that one, uh, awesome. the hardcover. We want something also like we had so many people who have pledged to the past couple super buds. And the biggest thing they always say is like, I just wish I could put it on a shelf, but it's right. like a soft issue. Yeah. So we we're like, this would be fun to have something that's like you can actually put on your bookshelf and it'll stand up and it has this sick cover with like the throwback. Yeah, you gotta both. you gotta be careful creating a market for single issue hardcovers. This is uh this is a scary thing because I know. You know this is the reason I don't buy single issues, but um and I will say the price point's pretty good. I mean you have what fifty dollars for that issue mm-hmm. plus you get the regular issue with it for physical. Yeah. And that's yeah. and I've seen I've seen floppy covers with you know shiny metallics go for more than fifty dollars folks so hardcover black and white editions pretty sick for that price. Yeah. I'm also one of the fun add-ons that we did is, uh, the dog tags. Um, yeah, so cool. the grave brigade dog tag from the comic, we were able to get that like laser etched onto dog tags, custom ones. And I already did a mock-up and it looked sick. I think it's great. Awesome. Yeah. And, and going through your campaign, like you have, I like something I've noticed a lot with Kickstarter recently where things feel simpler than they used to. And I think a part of that's the add-on tiers that Kickstarter added in, but also the fact that you kind of, you had one big thing, the black and white that you're going for, and you didn't do a whole lot of extra on top of that. So was there a lot of thought into how the tiers were going to build and how simplified you made them? We talked about a lot. Originally there were more, more tiers, more rewards, more ideas. Um, and then there also was a point where we kind of were like, ah, but we're also like plateauing on price where like, there's not like a escalation of tiers. It's like it, it hits a certain number and that's just around there. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of how we decided to do the book. The hardcover was one so that it wasn't just another variant because if you do too many variants, then it's like, you know, I don't want to put pressure on like a completist to get three different variants that all are like very similar and everything except for cover. So by doing it as a hardcover and the black and white version, we also felt like we got to build up and we were originally going to also do patches, um, like army patches that you could iron on. But we decided to stick with just the dog tags on this one. And if we like, you know, really took off, we would like maybe do it as a stretch goal. But for the meantime, it's something that we can add in when we do the next Kickstarter. Mm, Definitely. Very cool. Yeah. um, I think it's like Chris said, it's simple, but effective uh, the way it's set up and you have everything available for the add-ons. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's awesome. looks like a great, uh, great book. I can't wait to see it. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and if you want to send our, our listeners and our viewers anywhere, uh, to follow you and, and the stuff you're doing, uh, where can we send them? 
Absolutely. Um, my Instagram is all things underscore Mike Dean. And then Tim's Instagram is Tim Rad Writes. Um, and you can also check out any of my like film and comic work, work on uh, allthingsmikedean.com. And we have Superbud at superbudcomic.com and on Instagram at superbudcomic. And as always, everybody, I will have all those links in the show notes down below to the Kickstarter, to Mike's website, and so on. So make sure you check out all of that. And check out the Kickstarter because it looks awesome. Uh, Mike obviously really loves the book, and I look forward to reading it as soon as we finish up here. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to come chat with us today. Appreciate it, and we look forward to the next time. Thanks for having me, guys. This was awesome. Yep, thanks. And we're back. We're back. So yeah, uh, Great Brigade issue one. Uh, Mike Dean, Timber Decky, check it out. Just wrapped up in Kickstarter. So head on over there, check it out. Cool premise, cool book, great art. Go check it out. Yep. Comic news. Interesting. Comicsology announced that Scott Snyder and Ralph Raphael Albuquerque, the creative team behind American Vampire, are reuniting for a new series uh, on the service called duck and cover the story set in 1950s follows del reeves who is only survivor of a nuclear attack that decimated the population uh as you're listening to this the first issue is available on comiXology now so yeah uh great team up love scott snyder so I'll, i gotta read this i had no idea it popped up so dude i'm all in because i love this team i love american vampire yeah one of the best things scott's ever done in my opinion uh, and I love the premise. Like, dude, 50s nuclear holocaust. Like, yeah, it's really cool. That's why I play Fallout. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I'm awesome. super, I'm really excited for this. I'm going to be downloading it uh, immediately. This is more interesting to me than vampires for sure. So, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, this is interesting. Grant Morrison announced a new series coming to Substack to his Substack in January for next year. The series will feature art from Liam Sharp. Oh my God. Sold. And it's titled Eden's End. Uh, his book, his, his, uh, the Graham Morrison, Liam Sharp friggin' Green Lantern was amazing. Uh, I know you liked it. Yeah. The series is said to be a prehistoric barbarian sci-fi adventure that reimagined. I can't get more excited reading this. That reimagines religious stories, conspiracy theories, and the evil that men can do. Wow. And there's even a there's even an Iron Maiden reference in there. The evil that men do. Um, I think that they just like took all the buzzwords that I love. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that sounds like Iron Maiden too, like prehistoric barbarian sci fi adventure. Like what? Yeah. And then you say the evil that men can do. Uh, yeah, dude. This, the the art sounds... that Liam Sharp showed for this. Yeah. Um, I couldn't get one in the show notes because they were all weird files but mm -hmm. the art looks like something that belongs on the side of a panel van in 1970 that's so awesome yeah it's so it's so great uh, i'm so excited for this man i've never like, i've never subscribed to a Substack, so i guess that's the only way i can get these books so that's my thing is i part of me is like yeah subscribe to Substack. i gotta read this another part of me is like all these Substack books end up at like image or okay. um like the blue um blue room book i'm reading from tinian mm -hmm. yeah that's being published by dark horse that's a Substack book okay uh so i feel like eventually they'll be published regularly but this one might get me over the edge man yeah i'm like i kind of want to read this one and what's really funny i don't think, I don't think you don't know the story and i haven't told this story in a long mm -hmm. time he and some friends used to skateboard together and make like skate videos together we called ourselves Eden's End. So when I saw this, I laughed. Because oh, really? I remember those days when we would skate together and like make these shitty videos. That's so funny. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, you got to pick up the book now. That's hilarious, dude. What a freaking what a freaking coincidence. Yeah, but yeah, book looks awesome. I mean, sounds awesome. We haven't yeah. seen much from it, but it's Liam Sharp. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I'm not going to know what's happening when I flip some of those pages, but... Uh, yeah, because freaking Grant's probably back on mushrooms or something doing crazy shit. <laughs> he never left. Um, 
yeah, so we talked about what we read this week. Um, I didn't read anything, folks. Not going to lie. I I had a lot of time off, and I spent that time not reading comics because I sucked. But I am going to do double time this week to catch up. Mike spent all week painting, so you can find his uh, his portraits online yeah. at Mike. Yeah. Mike, Mike likes art.com. <laughs> I was probably a, there's probably that website. It's probably not me, but yeah, go for it. Try it out. So you read absolutely nothing. That's no. Great. I started to read night. The, what are they even called? Night terrors, the Batman one. And I liked yeah. it and then I didn't finish it, but I was like, I think I fell asleep. I've been in bed by like nine o'clock every night. Everybody. Nice. Yeah. I guess I'll start with night terrors. Cause I read three night terrors books. Hell yeah. Uh, Night Terror's First Blood, Ooh, which yeah. is just an intro to what's going on. So, yep. like, this guy Insomnia is attacking people and like w- through dreams and creating this whole nightmare verse. He's going after the Nightmare Stone. That's the uh, opposite of the Dream Stone, everybody. Uh, Dead Man's like a main character in this book. Uh, Detective Chimp shows up. Uh, the Trinity shows up. It's It's a lot of fun. Uh, I'll be interested to hear you hear what you think in particular because the art reminds me a lot of uh, Jai Lee. Jai Lee, yes, that's all right. I think for this type of book set in a nightmare realm sense, I think there's, it's all right. There's moments where it bugged me to be honest, okay. but I think that the story overall does a really good job, and it's like a one shot to kind of set everything up. Yeah. So then after that, I jumped into Night Terrors, the Joker. Hmm. Which I had to just, I had to. I know I, I kind of. That's one that I'm not reading. <laughs> so I'm going to recommend you do. But oh, okay. I know okay. I normally like kind of shit on Joker books and be like, oh, we get too much Joker. But yeah. this whole thing is like Joker's nightmare. So the individual books are their nightmares, like the, the nightmare realm they're stuck in. And Joker's is he accidentally kills Batman by like <laughs> taunting him, and making him fall off a roof. Oh, what the hell? So he tries to figure out what to do after that because now his, you know, his whole reason for living is gone. So he goes and gets a corporate job at Wayne Enterprises. And oh, my like God. Climbs up the ladder and everything. It's it's hilarious, dude, because it's the Joker being the Joker, but in a office comedy style. That's amazing. Where, like, nobody really gets that he's the Joker. Yeah. And... uh and, you know, he does some fucked up things along the way. But along the way of the story, we find out that the Batman's back. And we're not really quite sure how. And the Joker doesn't believe him because the Joker literally has his corpse hanging in his closet. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I, I do have to read that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. Dude. Like, so much fun. And you get the idea that, like something's up because they keep mentioning Bruce Wayne. So us as the reader, we're like, uh, Bruce, well, Batman's dead. Bruce. Yeah. Wayne. Why is Bruce Wayne still around? Yeah. So there's something going on and it's like a two issue. I think all of these are two issue arcs. So then I got, um, night terrors, Batman that, uh, shockingly centers around crime alley. <laughs> uh, I like this one for the most part because it does kind of put a spin on it where like Batman was training for this, like to use his greatest fear. He's afraid that people are going to use his greatest fears against them. So he has to train against it. Yep. Somebody gets into the dream and they start like going on about crime alley and his mother and everything. He's just like, I've trained for this. Like you can all fuck off. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Come on guys. Uh, So insomnia has to find a way to like get him to break uh, and there's some real like weird body horror stuff in this issue too. Like he pukes up a bat with a gun for a head. Amazing. Yeah. Like it's pretty brutal. And then gets flipped to another dimension to another nightmare. And this one actually does freak him out because he finds himself in the body of Joe chill. And that's kind of how we end it. Mm, okay. And then the, like the end story is Damien, going to these like monks on the mill in a mountain to figure out how to, how to master the dream verse and sleep and everything because of what happened in the free comic book day issue. And, uh, when that happens, he gets sucked into the nightmare realm and he's prepared. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. 
fun. It kind of sets up an, an issue later it, on. It does sound like these books aren't just like cash grabs, though, that they actually put some thought into them. The two I read so far, I really enjoyed. Like, I really yeah. thought there was, like, Williamson wrote the Batman book, and I really think there is something there that he, like, he had a cool story to tell. And the Joker one's just a blast. Like, it's Rosenberg writing it, and he just seems to be like, what if we did this with Joker and is having a good time with it? So right. I'm down with it. I Three issues in, and I think, you know, five stars out of this event so far. So Cool. Awesome. Got me excited too. Adventures of Superman, John Kent. So we got John talking with the with Batman in the Injustice world, and he decides that he's going to help them out. But what he doesn't know is that Damien put a tracker on him. So when he leaves the Injustice League, comes and finds Batman and arrests him, arrests him and the rest of the crew. And meanwhile, John goes to the fortress and kind of meets John, uh, Mom and Pa Kent and sees a message from the Lois of that universe. And uh, then we get this big moment where Superman's telling the world, like, I've caught the terrorists and everything, and he's going to execute them. And then the next issue is apparently titled Execution. Oh, interesting. It's also the last issue, so it'll be interesting to see where that one goes. Yeah. It's been surprisingly a really good book um for somebody who doesn't like john but I, I love injustice so yeah that's a great it's a great series so far the unbelievable unfortunately mostly unreadable and nearly unpublishable untold tales of i hate fairyland number one wow <laughs> love it amazing <laughs> this is a five issue series that's like uh anthology style like a couple stories that take place in i hate fairyland uh, the first one's written by Scotty Young. The second one's uh, written by a friend of his and drawn Dean Rankin. And it's almost done in like an Adventure Time style. So it's a little weird. But fun book. If you like I Hate Fairyland, it's kind of supplementary to that. Doesn't add a ton, but kind of tells fun little stories with Young Gert. So I enjoyed that. Captain America 750 which is the conclusion to both the Captain America books coming on right now. So there's a story about Sam and there's a story about Steve in this. The story about Sam is more about how he got the shield and the moments leading up to it. So that was really fun, like fun story to see and to know that like all the Avengers came together to make this new shield for him and kind of pointing out the different things about it as to why it's Sam's shield and not Steve's. And then the Steve story is all about the uh, funeral of Demolisher who died. I forget what issue, but a few issues back. And kind of wrapping up all the stories of the different characters. So like Sharon takes on the moniker of Demolisher. So we should be seeing that in the future. And uh, then we get a back and forth between Bucky and Steve where Bucky's kind of trying to explain to Steve what's going on. Um, and it's kind of, it's, it's a really touching moment because not only do we get that, but the grandkid of the person who made the shield for Steve, which if you're reading Captain America, you understand there's a whole backstory with why the shield was made and all that. Give Steve the schematics to the inner circle and how he can help take them down. And in that moment, him and Steve or him and Bucky come together and realize that they were both doing what they thought was right, blah, 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 and become friends again. Awesome issue to kind of, to conclude everything. And a lot of good, like little one shot stories from different creators as well in the back, because of course it's issue seven fifty, So it's going to be a $10 book, but I really enjoyed it. Thor number one, annual 2023. Yeah. This one is pretty wild. Yeah, this is another Kelly Lanzig book. Uh, I love this book for two reasons. One, the the front story is really great. Lanzig and Kelly's story where Thor is kind of taken into an alternate dimension where Modok steals the power of the, the Bifrost and becomes Mythos and has taken over everything and kind of erased all heroes from it. But Thor makes his way through, has to battle him. Really cool, fun, one-shot story. 
I recommend that on its own. But if you are a Thor fan or like to titularly like could be a Thor fan and you're interested in the, the immortal Thor book that's coming out from Al Ewing company, there's a backup story here that sets that up. And that was really good as well. And I don't want to give too much away on that one, but I think it's a book that if you're interested in that, you get a cool story and you get to see if maybe the next series is for you. So probably my favorite book of the week right there because of that story. I mean, it's Modox, of course, I'm going to be. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, you know, a little bit. And the last book is a Kickstarter book from somebody we had in the show. So I got Accidental Renegades, number nice. one. Awesome. Uh, I'll say it's it's a really cool story, kind of post-apocalyptic, pseudo-future, more alt-reality, where it's like it takes place kind of in the past, it seems, but technology progressed differently in that timeline because we're definitely like kind of post-World War II in the 60s, 70s era but it's also cyberpunk. So it's a superhero story. It's a, a story about fascism and um, technological takeover and everything. I once again, really enjoyed it. What shocked me because I think the original art from the Kickstarter didn't show as well as it could. The art in this book's phenomenal. Awesome. Like I was, the, I was stunned at how good the art is. That's great. So, um, cool. so I'm not sure how you get X on Renegades, but if you see it around, pick it up. Cause I think it's a really good book. Mike, that is everything I had this week. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? You can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter. Most of the social media networks, uh, if you want to find me on like Instagram or this new thing threads, oh yeah, it's Fortress Chris Zero because apparently there's another Fortress Chris out there stealing my name. Wow, messed up. Uh, <laughs> and you can find the show at Fortress Comics underscore on Twitter. Also, FortressComicNews.com. Remember, everybody, if you want to support the show, the best ways are to like, subscribe, share, comment down below on the YouTube version, or if you're an audio listener, the five star review does amazing things. So we appreciate yes. you doing that. Yes, it does. And if you want to go the extra mile, Patreon at patreon.com slash Fortress Comics. Thank you all so much for watching and or listening this week. And we'll see you all here next week. 